Hey, welcome to the show. Today I got two people with me, and uh, one is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu and currently trains at H&L, and the other is a brown belt and currently trains at Alliance. I've been training with both of these guys for a long time. They both look like uh, they shoulder press 315 pounds. Welcome to the show. <laughs> What's going on, Nuts? What's going on, What bro? up? Chris, welcome. Ghost. Steve, you there? Yo, can you hear me? Him? Oh, yeah. Don't move from that position. Not moving a <laughs> single inch. <laughs> did you guys did you guys hear the um the chat GPT info? Or do you know about chat GPT? I do not. No. You can uh, type anything in this search and then it, it produces like um a massive a massive uh result. It's like a Google search, but it's like pretty in depth. So Well, you can type in anything? You can type in anything. Oh, dude. Hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. So I typed in I typed in uh, some parameters like write, write a show where I uh, interview two people. And then this is the result that it gives you a result, like a summary. And so it tells me, here's a 45-minute interview outline for a conversation with two males, one who trains in jiu-jitsu and fights in MMA, and the other who believes in aliens. <laughs> It does not say that. That's exactly it what not. it said. You're kidding me, bro. You gotta let the wait, 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 the before we get back. into it. That is literally what you have here. That is literally what you have here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, fig we'll figure out who's who in in a minute. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, let's start. We gotta start with the background. Uh, Gosh, how'd you get into jujitsu? How long have you been training? Uh, how I got into jujitsu? Um, well. Some of my friends, I actually started off at an MMA uh, school. Um, I started going over there training MMA just out of the, just out of wanting to learn how to fight. And uh, what I, what I discovered really, really quick was that it was too much. Like learning how to box, kickbox, wrestle, judo, jujitsu, trying to fit all that in and trying to learn it from scratch. All of it was like nearly impossible. So at least for me, it was. So what I decided was something that probably correlates to my job a little better. So jujitsu seemed a little bit more palatable for skill level in uh, police work. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, let me try to put my efforts into jujitsu. Another reason why is at the MMA school, like boxing, kickboxing. I mean, all that stuff is like, it's not, it's not foreign. But the grappling was literally like, what the hell is this? I have no idea what this is. Mm. And I was just getting annihilated by everybody to the point where I wanted to vomit. So that's probably what intrigued me a little bit more. So I basically searched for a school that fit my schedule. H&L Jiu-Jitsu seemed to fit that schedule. And I've been there ever since. So I've been at H&L for probably about seven years. But I've been training Jiu-Jitsu for probably about eight. But officially under a school for about seven Nice. All right. I think we lost Steve. He moved. Oh, damn it. Steve. Told him to hold that squat position. I guess he stood up. Oh, he my his... God. Damn must, it, Steve. He must live in like a cinder block or something. <laughs> I heard he has a nice house, man. He needs to get his, he needs to get some inter internet or something. I think I got oh, him back. He's back. You, you moved. You guys hear me? I hear you and I see you, but I know that you moved. You moved. 
Okay, what did I miss? I'm sorry about that. My apologies. Nothing. I just introed myself. Just intro. Now you got to do the intro for Steve. This I want to hear this. I never asked Steve, him these questions. You missed out on the intro, but I just asked him how he got started in jujitsu and how long he's training. So same question okay. for you, except you you can go back a little further because I think I think you uh, prefer MMA to to jujitsu. Oh, I, I've been around the block a little bit, you know. Started from everything from wrestling to jujitsu, MMA. Just uh, yeah, started out that way, and then back in the day with uh, the the OGs of Hawaii uh, MMA. Was a teenager getting beaten up by a grown man, and then after that, I just stuck with jujitsu. After that, you want to say who those grown men were? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure everybody knows Anthony Noy, Igini Noy, those guys. That sounds like a terrible beating. <laughs> oh, yeah, not not the most funnest of things, but definitely, uh, definitely made me improve my game, and yeah. To go Thinking against what? MMA legends as a teenager, that's pretty bad. <laughs> showing, showing, I learned what real toughness is, so, yeah. And it shows. So, but then you, you ended up, you ended up uh, more into jujitsu now, nowadays? I think more, I stick to more jujitsu and uh, grappling because, uh, you know, I, we're basically getting too old to punch and get punched in the head and kick and stuff. So, focusing is, on one thing is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. That is a good fucking point, my friend. One of uh, one of you guys played the surprising role of a Japanese gangster with lots of tattoos. Which one of you was that? I think that was both of us, bro. Oh, you're on that too? <laughs> yes, I was on that too. <laughs> I still get checks. I still get checks. That thing was like set. Well, no, yeah, like seven, eight years ago, I think, or somewhere around there. I'm still getting checks. Was that Hawaii Five O? Yes, sir. Hawaii Five O played a. Asian, some kind of Asian gangster or something. I got a fun fact for you about our Hawaii Five-O there, another. Go ahead, so go ahead. when me and Ensign were on, uh, when me and Ensign were on, right, we, we were the bad Yakuza guys. I don't know if you know who Alvin Ye is, but we actually killed Alvin Ye in our episode. Oh, small world. <laughs> we, kidnapped and, we kidnapped and killed Alvin Ye in our episode. <laughs> small nice. world. Yep. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu for you. They could have made a good <laughs> fight scene. Uh. <laughs> but um, which one do you really like better, Steve? Because I know that jiu-jitsu and MMA, they're both fighting. They're both fights, right? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not go that far. You know, you, I, know, I know what you're doing. <laughs> no, no, they're both not. They're both not fighting. I would, one would be considered a match. The other would be an actual fight. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you know. I, I don't want to stray too off topic. You know how I feel about the gi. So you know. <laughs> but you still do train in it. You still train it, and you train it often. So. Fortunately, I have to. Yes, because my <laughs> professor and my brothers they prefer to train in the gi. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not me. I prefer to train no gi, but it is what it is. As far as um, training jujitsu goes for Goshi, um, are aliens real? <laughs> oh, right into the fire, huh? <laughs> do you okay. want to? Do we want to go down this road? Let me ask okay. before that. Let me ask before that. 
Okay. No, 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 no. Actually, I want to answer that question. I want to answer that question. All right, go ahead. Because I, I want to answer, answer it like this, Chris. I'm not telling you that aliens and UFOs are real. I'm not telling you that. The United States government has already told us that, my friend. It's not that it's not a question of if it's real or not anymore. It's a question of what are they and what do they want? That that that's that seems to be the bigger question. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to think I'm crazy about this. But, I mean, if you study the material for yourself and you look into some of this information, you guys are going to be, uh, like, flattened out on your ass, basically, with just what is being told. There was literally a, I think it was back in June, where they had these three military guys sitting before, um, sitting before the house. And the house is asking them all these questions about UFOs. One of the guys, the main speaker, David Grush. I believe he was a major in the Air Force. Um, he's known as the whistleblower right now. He he was basically the guy coming out and saying that he got bombarded with all this information, met by a, tons of witnesses. And the information that he had was not only do we have UFOs, but we actually have recovered alien bodies that the, the United States government is holding on to. Accompanied with him were two... Um, I think one of them was a Navy pilot. The other guy was a pilot too. I don't, I don't know for what branch, but both of them with UFO experiences. One of them, um, I think his name is Ryan Graves. The other one was uh, Commander David Fravor. Now, the Commander David Fravor one, very, very fascinating conversation because he was the one who bared witness to something that was called the USS Nimitz encounter. Basically, what happened during that encounter was they were on a training mission flying out and they were going to i believe they call it their cat point but it's basically a rendezvous point where they do their training um their air traffic controllers or whoever were like hey you know what we're seeing these weird anomalies out there and we've been catching it all week can you guys go out there and try and discover what it is so they went out there to go look at what it is and then when they got out there they looked and they saw at about the surface level of the ocean they saw a 40 foot tic-tac looking object zigzagging above the ocean like right above the ocean at like high speeds they said basically it looked like imagine putting a ping pong ball in a cup and just shaking it up and it was basically just flying all over the place um above the ocean uh, what you call it, like right above the ocean and they said it looked like something was coming up from the ocean and they said it looked like in the um in the uh shape of like a cross so initially, when they first saw the cross, they thought it was a down airliner until they looked at that Tic Tac. They were like, what the fuck is that? So when they came to that, um, I guess the David Fravor told his other pilot that he was with. Now, there's four people, two, two per airplane, right? Decided to go down and get a closer look. Told his, told his partners in the other plane, hey, stay up here. You guys can get like a God's eye view of the situation. I'm going to take a closer look. So he starts to descend his aircraft down towards the ocean. Now, I guess when you're in fighter jets or airplanes, you don't just nosedive down towards the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. I, I guess he explained that the ocean looks exactly the same from 20,000 feet as it does from 5,000 feet. And if you just nosedive, you can basically put yourself into an unrecoverable position. So what they do is they go down in a circular motion. So he's coming mm -hmm. down in a circular motion, and this TikTok thing kind of turns towards him, looks up, sees him, and starts mimicking his motion, but going up instead of down. And he said he got within, I want to say it was about half a mile or a mile of this object. He was clearly able to see what it was. It was a tic-tac looking, complete white, no no rivets. Not, like it just looked like one piece. And he said when he was trying to get ranging on it, 
it was basically jamming his radar. And this is his words. He says, when, when, when any kind of craft or anything tries to jam your radar, that's an act of war. Mm. So anyway, um, after, I guess, a sh- like a brief period, the thing just disappeared. It just flew off so quickly, it looked like it vanished. And he was like, where the hell is it? Calls up to the pilots that's above him. It's like, hey, do you see it? They're like, it's gone. Then their air traffic controller calls them back and say, you're not going to believe this. But whatever that thing you guys were like chasing over there, that thing is now at your guys' rendezvous point. So whatever that craft did, it extracted any kind of information that they had from their planes or their intel and used it and went to the area that they were supposed to be training at. Now, this is coming hmm. from a highly decorated Navy, uh, Navy pilot. If you listen to him, man, there, there's, no, there's no doubt in your mind that this guy is about as legit as they get. Um, and this is his witness. I mean, and, and, and this is what he witnessed. This is called the USS Nimitz encounter. So I'm looking, I'm looking at a picture from, if you search, if you search for military alien whistleblower, yeah, there's like, there's like a million results. And then the first picture it's on CNN, military times, you got a picture yeah, of these three, three guys getting sworn in David Grush, yep. uh, David Fravor and Ryan Graves. Yep. Watch sworn it. in. I believe that I believe that conference is about three hours. Basically, what happens is that all the people on the panel are asking people. I mean, asking them these questions, um, very fascinating questions. But um, Grush will repeatedly, when when it starts to get into in, uh, areas that are too sensitive, he'll always say that you know what? Um, I I can basically tell you in private. We can't go public with it. So, but when you listen to the questions they ask. And his answer to it, it's basically a yes, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if they ask, like, is there alien bodies uh, or, or like, who are these groups that are involved in hiding this secret? And he's like, well, I can tell you that in private. So he knows. So he knows uh, what entities are actually involved in this. And from what I understand from everything that I've researched, it's a hybrid of U.S. government, military and private industry. And the reason why private industry is uh, involved or why it's a it's smart and important for private industry to be involved is, well, anything with the government or most of the things from the government, you can actually pull via FOIA, right? The Freedom of Information Act. Um, mm-hmm. If it's private industry, it does not fall under the blanket of FOIA. So they can hide the information. And that's what mm-hmm. they've been doing. That's the reason why we don't know who the hell, like there's got high ranking military people that have no idea what's going on. And it's because they just haven't been read in on top of these deep black projects that have been running in the government for Jesus Christ since who knows, since like the forties or something, maybe even before that, you know? So, so his answers that he's giving is the equivalent of, I do not recall. <laughs> I, Sometimes. I wouldn't say that because well, most of the times that I say, I do not recall is because I really don't recall. He knows, he knows mm. he's just not, he, he basically says, in his answer is, I have the answer. I can't go public with it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. That's that's basically his response to a lot of the questions. So, what was the outcome of the hearings then? Did it do anything? Well, it. That's kind of a complex question. So, I'll say this. You got to tell me in private. <laughs> well, there's there's what happened, and then there's opinions based on conspiracy, right? So, there's an overarching conspiracy that goes basically new world order the new world order is basically a um plan 
to unite all the governments of the world under one umbrella, one government umbrella that controls everything. And how are we going to do that? Um, the one way that they have decided to do this is by putting on what's called a false flag operation. Are you guys familiar with false flag operations? Steve? I mean, I don't even know how to follow that, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've heard something. Okay, like, you know, okay, so you know the Vietnam War? The Vietnam War, America's involvement was based on a false flag operation, right? That was during the Gulf of Tonkin. What happened was... Gulf of Tonkin, yeah. Yeah, Gulf of Tonkin. I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was the USS Maddox was in the Gulf of Tonkin near near Vietnam, and it was reportedly attacked twice and blamed on the Vietnamese government. And that's what that's what's basically got us involved in the Vietnam War. But it was it was bullshit. It was based off of a lie. So that was later on they declassified the information. Somebody said that yes. it was fake yes. and an excuse yes. to escalate. That was nineteen sixty four. Yeah, so that so that's basically the Gulf of Tonkin. That's basically a false flag operation. I I have a suspicion that what's happening in the media, what's happening in the news, is part of this false flag operation of the New World Order government coming into existence. And here's the reason why: um, if if I mean they basically acknowledge the existence of aliens and UFOs, right? So if that's the case then everything we've heard about aliens and UFOs, to some degree, we have to revisit. So think of Roswell. Roswell was like in the 1940s, I believe, right? But they but they covered that up and said, oh, no, it was a, um, it was some kind of spy balloon or some shit, right? Um, but initially, they, they said it was a UFO that crashed, um, you know? And even though Roswell is kind of mocked at and laughed at at this time, but now you have to revisit it and say, well, okay, wait, maybe this is... Maybe this is accurate and the government was trying to cover it up. But the question is, why is the government now coming out with the information and letting us know that this is real? Um, if you look at that, um, what, what, what was that? that? That meeting with those three military guys, why are they interviewing military people for the disclosure of UFOs? Don't you think that's kind of ironic why they would uh, interview military people? Here's another thing, and I, I think I mentioned this earlier. During the USS Nimitz encounter, um, David Fravor said when he was trying to get ranging on this with radar, um, the craft was jamming their radar, which is an act of war. Already, mm-hmm. they're they're putting it into your heads. And I don't think that Dave, what you call it, that David Fravor is part of the conspiracy. I think he's just a puppet. You know what I mean? He was put into the place, and he's telling you the information as he understands it. But the information is is of such right where they're making it out that they're they're a threat to um to mankind so based on this they've actually started up like a space force a fucking space force if if that's not freaking hinting at you that there's something going on in space i don't know what the hell is right they're 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 creating a space force and what they're gonna do is they're gonna just just let go all this information about ufos and how they're a threat and they're gonna allow all this taxpayer money to get funneled right into space force like this is their this is their new project. This is the one that's going to be able to consume as almost as much money as they want. Because if you think about the technology and the uh, money that's going to need to be put into building a defense system to protect us from from space encounters, I mean, we're talking more than anything on the on the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I basically think that's what it is. 
I think what's going to happen is they're going to stage an alien invasion, which is not. It's a complete hoax. It's all bullshit. They're going to stage an alien invasion. And what this is going to do is this is going to unite everybody of the everybody on our planet, because basically now all of us, right, all of us have a common enemy. We look up in the sky. These creatures are coming from someplace else and now they're attacking us. So we have to unite together as a people in order to defeat these guys. However, I, I fear what's going to happen as a consequence of that, right? Like what kind of damage is going to be done to our planet and to the people in order to fulfill their agenda? That's, that's what you got to worry about. This common crisis, common crisis is uh, something that they need. Common crisis. I think they tried that with the COVID, right? Common yep. crisis. They tried it with COVID. They tried it with COVID. And you see the results. Here's the thing now. COVID's not going to work anymore. People have wised up to it. But initially, everybody was terrified, right? Everybody was scared. Nobody even wanted to leave their house. Everybody was ratting scared. Out, ratting out their neighbors. They're calling the yeah, police yeah, to exactly. rat out their neighbors. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they got everybody to just go, like, turn. They turned the world upside down with COVID. Do you think that was a test test run? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that was a test run or not. I have theories too. You know, it's kind of ironic that that came out during Donald Trump's presidency. Um, mm -hmm. however, I did see videos that suggested that they were going to do something. There were like mm -hmm. these whistleblowers from like, I, I want to say it was the late nineties that were saying the, the U S government was going to release some kind of virus to the world and it was going to affect the whole entire world. And I, during that interview, the guy basically said, well, if, and he said it's going to happen between somewhere between 2017 and 2019. Uh, really? He was close. And he said, well, I don't know if this is true or not, but we'll find out when that time comes around. And sure enough, it came true. So, and it was an old video. You can tell it's an old video of that guy. I think that guy was dead already too, by the time uh, COVID hit. So, you know. What year was that, that he was predicting 2017? Uh, you know what? I forget. I forget what year it was. It might have been in the '90s. Sometimes it hmm. it it might have even been in the '80s. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, it was just a video I saw off of. Uh, I think I saw it off of uh, YouTube someplace. But are you familiar with the War of the Worlds, the 1938 radio drama Orson Welles? Orson Welles, yeah. You think yep, that? Yep, yep. You think that they're drawing some kind of inspiration from that? Well, perhaps that was a premonition, you know, because that's basically what it is, right? Alien invasion coming in, uh, decimating the planet. The the powers of the world all, all unite together under one umbrella to defeat this enemy. And now we have New World Order, one government that controls the whole entire world and everything in it. Because you know? that, that War of the Worlds, that was a radio broadcast. So this is like War of the Worlds with new technology. Yeah. Initially, right? In Initially, it was a radio broadcast, and it spread like it was like widespread panic. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? I don't know. I wasn't around in '38, but yeah, I I mean, neither was I, but I did uh, I did hear about it. I did hear about it. Did you look into it? <laughs> I've looked into a lot of stuff, my friend. Lots of stuff. Lots of nonsense. Lots of stuff that doesn't really benefit my life, really, but uh, it intrigues the shit out of me. What is your so, what is your uh what your wife tell you about you know, the way that you spend your time? <laughs> oh well, um, it was funny because we literally had this conversation last night. We were talking mm -hmm. about um, the murder of Tupac and the murder of Notorious Big. 
told her I watched this documentary called Murder Rap, and it actually, you know, it actually solved that case. And I'm sitting there trying to explain it to her, and maybe about 30 seconds into the conversation, she stopped me, she interrupted me, and she said, uh, you know, if you put half the effort into uh, studying something else besides what you're studying right now, you could probably be chief of police. <laughs> like that doesn't interest me though. That doesn't interest you told, me. You told me you got you have over four years of research <laughs> looking into stuff. Yeah, okay, well, let me explain how that how that happened. So in 2019, there was a there was actually a, a, a Hawaii News Now article. I think it was Hawaii News Now that came out that actually said that the Pentagon had declassified three videos, right? The three videos were the gimbal, the go fast and the Tic Tac, right? So those are the three videos. I don't know what led me down the, to um, investigate what the Tic Tac UFO was about, but that's, that's the one I, I didn't really investigate the other ones too much, but I went down the pathway of the Tic Tac. And then that's what led me to the USS Nimitz encounter. And when I heard it and I heard the testimony, I was like, holy shit. Right, like if you see the video itself, you can you can make up your own opinion as to what it was. You can just be like, ah, that could have been something else. But then when you hear the eyewitness testimony of what it really was, then it's like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Right, and <laughs> from there, from there, it led me to a, a a Netflix documentary. It was called Bob Lazar Area Fifty One and Flying Saucers. Have you guys watched that thing? I tried. I did. You tried? I did try to. Did try. What do you mean you tried? You didn't watch the whole thing? You know, I'd be lying if I said I... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, 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 I understand. I understand. I understand. It's, it was, it was okay. slow moving. It's a slow moving documentary. Yeah. It's not, it's not well, exciting. It's, it's not so much about action more than it is content, right? So basically what happened was this guy Bob Lazar was a physicist that was working at Los Alamos in New Mexico. Um... Long story short, he basically got a job to work on a top secret project where he was going to be working on what was told to him as advanced propulsion. So he goes and he gets read in on the project itself. But he said initially, like he got all these briefings and all the briefings were just crazy, crazy shit. But he but he says that in top secret projects i guess what they do sometimes in their briefings is they insert nonsense into it just in case if you decide to leak the information you would leak the nonsense and they could be able to be i mean the information can be tracked back to you mm -hmm. so um he said that it's not uncommon for them to do stuff like that so when he was reading the briefings he really didn't think any of it was true he just thought ah you know these guys are trying to trick me so anyway he goes out to area 51 by the way the reason why you know what Area 51 is, is because this guy, Bob Lazar, he's the one that brought it forth to the world, what Area 51 is. Just So that's just a side note. Anyway, he goes to Area 51, but he, he goes to a subsection of Area 51 called Area S4, which is about 15 miles south of Area 51. And he says that when you go inside there, it's like there's a hangar door on the side of a mountain and it's sloped. And it's made to look like it's part of the mountain. So it's like camouflage. When you're flying above it, you're not going to be able to see it. So anyway, he goes into the hangar doors and he sees a UFO. He sees a UFO with an American flag sticker on top of it. He starts laughing because he's like, oh, my God, this is just an advanced plane that they've been working on. You know, top secret planes. And he was like, yeah, this is funny. 
Um, later on, he meets his, uh, um, I guess, his partner that he's going to be working with. Um, and the partner introduces him to the reactor. The reactor was on like a steel plate with a hemisphere, uh, like a removable hemisphere about the size of a basketball. Um, he said when he put the hemisphere on top of the plate, the guy told him to try and touch it. He tried to touch it and it pushed his hands away, kind of like putting two leg poles of a magnet together. You know how it has that push feeling, like that cushion feeling where it's pushing your hand away or it's pushing yeah. the magnet away. He said that that's what the reactor was doing it. I mean, doing to him, like, but it was doing it to his hands. And he knows as a scientist, there is nothing in the world that does that. So hmm. he knew from that point on, he's like, holy shit, this is technology that doesn't exist. What he's saying uh, and, and this is what he says, that these crafts are operated on a gravity propulsion system. Let's go down the pathway of gravity for a second. Um, human beings actually don't know what gravity is. We have no idea what it is. We can we can observe its properties in nature and we can put a name to it, but we have no idea what it is. We don't know how to create it. We don't know how to manipulate it. We don't know how to control it. We have no idea. All we All we can do is observe its properties in nature. That's all we can do, right? These creatures somehow have created device and a fuel system that actually creates, manipulates, and being able to control gravity, okay? So gravity, let's go a little bit more into gravity. Do you guys know what a black hole is? Yes. Steve, the question lays on you. Yes. Huh? Yes. Okay, black hole. For your listeners, if you guys don't know what a black hole, a black hole is a collapsed dead star that has so much gravity, it pulls everything into it. Um, even light. Light doesn't escape gravity. That's how powerful gravity is. The speed of light cannot escape the power and pull of gravity. However, there is something that actually escapes a black hole, and that's gravity itself. Gravity can escape a black hole. That's how powerful it is. It's, it, it's probably the most powerful force known in the universe, right? So these creatures are manipulating and being able to control gravity. Now, gravity controls space and time. When you control space and time, you can literally do anything, right? Um, traveling, traveling from one point to another, right? You can literally bend space and time together and, and create a portal to travel through that portal. I believe it's called uh, singularity, right? The singularity point you can travel. And basically you're going to start from one end of space and you're going to end up on the other end of space, um, based off of this portal. So their travels are almost instantaneous, but here's another interesting fact, right? Because gravity controls space and time, theoretically, these things can time travel. They can go forward in time. They can go backwards in time. Are these things from the future? Are they from the past? I don't even fucking know. Nobody fucking knows, right? Nobody knows. But, uh, and I might be butchering some of this. I'm just giving you cliff notes from what I've, from what I've researched, right? But mm -hmm. um, this is what I discovered. And j just the power of gravity. So in, in that documentary, Bob Lazar's documentary, what he says is that this these crafts are operated by gravity. And it makes sense, right? If you're in a craft going 27 miles an hour and you like immediately make a right turn, any living creature within the vehicle itself is going to be splattered and juiced on the wall, right? Nothing can withstand that G-force. No living creature can withstand that G-force. So what's happening is that they actually have a metal prod that comes out of the top of the craft that creates a gravity envelope around the craft. And it's basically its own reality inside. I'll give you an example. So planet Earth. Planet Earth is traveling through space at like how many thousands of miles an hour, right? 
right? It's mm. traveling really, really fast. But on Earth, it doesn't look like we're moving at all, right? It's just, this is our reality. It looks like we're not moving fast at all. That's exactly what the crafts are. The craft is like Earth. And inside the craft is like what's on Earth. You see what I'm saying? Like the crafts are moving at incredible speeds, but the reality within the craft itself is just normal. That's why they can travel the way that like it travels. And that's according so, to um, Bob Lazar. He's, he's this is a, uh, agrees this is according that. to Bob Lazar. This is according. This is not mine. This is Bob Lazar's. I never worked on the craft. I no, basically I'm... just parroting some stuff that he said, and I'm probably butchering a lot of it. But um, in a nutshell, that's that's what he's stating. Well, it makes a know? lot of sense because if you if you stand on Earth, it looks flat. <laughs> oh, I have a theory about that too, my friend. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me ask this, Ghost. Let me ask you this, Ghost. The Vegas incident. The one where the Vegas incident. The patrol cops they said they saw some kind of spacecraft and they, they, they saw something. You think any of that is uh legit in any way? Ooh, that is a good question. I don't know, man. They they said they saw like like 10, 12 foot tall creatures, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not I mean you know what? I, I, I don't know enough about that encounter to give a valid opinion all i knew about it was that i think on the cop's body cam they actually saw something falling out of the sky correct right right. yeah and then there was like this report of multiple like 12 15 foot creatures in the backyard by some guy's bulldozer or some shit right yes yeah I, i i i don't know man i don't know i i don't know I don't know enough about that topic to to have an opinion about it. All I know is that 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 just adds to everything that's happening right now, right? right. Why like there's so much UFO stuff that's popping up. So much. Like there there there's more UFO documentaries nowadays than at any other time in history. Right? I mean, hell, they they've got programs literally freaking dedicated to UFOs, like ancient aliens, ancient aliens. Right, right. I mean, it's in the title, ancient aliens, you know? That told me that they recovered bodies, right? They have, the government has bodies, right, of these aliens, right? According to the whistleblower, that's what he said. That's what he said. Um, I don't know why they, like, these military guys were of high rank and of, uh, you know, they're, they're very credible military people. Um, if they're lying... This is basically just destroying their whole credibility and character, everything that they've worked on for, you know, years and years and years. So what would be the reason for for that? You know, like, why would they do that? It just doesn't make sense unless it's true. And they think that it's, uh, you know, it's a crime against humanity not to let the people know this stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the driving force for them to come out with the information. I think part of it is that they were um, strategically put into the place and strategically given the information in order to come forward with it. Because now what this does is it pushes the agenda towards the new world order. Why else would they have military personnel talking about aliens? Why not just interview the public? There is more civilian public eyewitness accounts of ufos than any military right or at least they have even better videos they have better videos than the military the military is just picking stuff up on ir and stuff like that right and people have actually their phones that are shooting in hd quality video with these crafts but they're not sharing that quite as much right they're showing these military videos but the military is if it comes from the military then now it's credible right 
versus the average citizen. He's always going to get easily, you know, so and so something well, wrong with him. Yeah, well, that that's another thing, right? I mean, the military. If you're if you're somebody in the military of that nature and of that position, then you do carry with you a level of credibility that the average person might not have because, I mean, theoretically speaking, I mean, this person's in the military, they're of high rank. <clears throat> they they can't be a quack, right? They, they've had to at least establish themselves as somewhat of a normal person in order to get that status. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody on the street can be just a crackpot. So you are correct on that. But at the same time, I mean, there are more normal people than there are crazy people, so, I think. So what do you think is the reason why they keeping all this from the public why don't they just come out and say like hey you know aliens exist we got all this stuff why do you think they're not keeping it a secret still you know what that's a very good question i honestly believe that this is a strategic approach um if you were to just to come out and say hey we have all these spacecrafts we all have all these alien bodies nobody would trust or believe the government ever again because they would just come out and literally say that we've been lying to you for how many years uh, we don't give a shit, but we're telling you the information now. Um, they can't just do that, right? Like, they have to be able to strategically come out with the information and um, use it to their benefit now, right? So, because all this stuff is coming out now, they can say now that they have recovered a craft that crashed on Tuesday. And now they have the materials. Now they have the technology. Now we can start in what you call looking into it. And now we can start prepping our military to defeat these guys. Right. Mm. Whereas they've been doing this the whole time. One of the theories is that the USS Nimitz encounter was not actually aliens at all. It was a, um, it was an alien reproduct, uh, reproductive, I mean, reproduction vid, uh, um, vehicle. They, it was basically man-made based off of alien technology and they're using it in a way to start a military panic. Um, mm. That's why they would do it in front of, like, why are these crafts coming to where all these military people are training, right? That's one theory. That's one theory. There is another theory that goes, these aliens are actually concerned about our aggression towards each other. There have been reports of orbs and things flying above um nuclear nuclear missile sites and i guess they were saying that at these military bases with these nuclear weapons every nuclear weapon is on its own power grid so they're not all interconnected meaning so if one grid goes down not the whole thing is going to go down right it's just that Mm -hmm. one grid is going to go down they have each individual grid for each individual uh nuclear weapon um when they saw this orb outside it started shutting down every single nuclear weapon and they said the likelihood of it just being like a power outage or something of that nature impossible impossible because they've actually prepped they've they've prepped for scenarios like that um so So the aliens are um they're concerned about us they want to help us and then we're gonna fuck them up you know, I mean, that's a really good question. I'm not, I'm not even sure if they are. I'm, I mean, all I know is this: is that their technology is so advanced that if they wanted to fuck us up, it would have been, it, it would have been happening already by now. You know what I mean? They would have fucked us up already. I don't mm. think so much that they're, they're a threat. They may or may not be. I'm not sure. But, but you also got to think that if there's one alien species, there's probably a trillion, right? I mean, think about, 
think about the vastness of space for a second. Okay. How okay. how big would you say space is, Chris? That oh. I pose that question to you. It's huh? infinite. It's infinite. It's infinite. Infinite. Now, if you think about infinity, something that never ends, right? One can theorize that within the within the scope of infinity, another planet named Earth exists. And on this planet, Chris Nutter exists. <laughs> and Chris Nutter is interviewing another person by the name of Chris Goshi and Steve Lau on a podcast called Chris Nutter's Podcast. Like, what is the likelihood that that's possible? What, one in, a, one in a gazillion? One in a gazillion, maybe even more? But in the scope of infinity, it's almost, it, it's almost definitive. Like, mm. it's probably exactly what's happening someplace else when we're talking about the scope of infinity, right? Like, the likelihood of it happening is, like, like the number would be astronomical. But infinity goes beyond astronomical. So... So the likelihood could be... that this is happening someplace else, somewhere else, hundred percent guaranteed. So this this is possibly going on in another area of space. This very same thing, except all three people are dinosaurs. <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows, man? I mean, like I said, in uh, in the possibility of infinity, what is the likelihood? Almost guaranteed, I would say, right? So let me ask you this, coach. Let me theory have the aliens have placed their own in in you know in our race you know guys like michael jordan and gordon ryan they might actually be aliens you know what i'm saying do you think the aliens have done <laughs> the tom brady's the Brian? do you think these guys are aliens in human skin the athletes these top athletes i don't know i i i, I don't i don't think well who knows man whoever people of importance you think these guys might actually be aliens in disguise like men in black. There might be people of importance that might not be aliens in disguise, but they might be alien hybrids. <laughs> Let's go into abduction theory for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it, Professor. So abduction. So abduction theory. So, so this is very, very fascinating. Actually, I want to touch on a, a, abduction, but let's uh let's go back a little further than that. Okay. Um, I believe it was like in the 1930s. Uh, what happened was. Nazi Germany or uh, um, uh, Nazis from Germany went to Antarctica to go claim that piece of land for themselves. Okay. So the Germans were up in Antarctica doing God knows what, what was found out later. And this was via um, this military person's personal journal was that the Nazis had encountered aliens on Antarctica and they had made a, a deal with the aliens for technology. Now what that deal was, I'm not sure. But they had made deals with the um, uh, Nazis for, for alien technology. And they were trying to use alien technology in order to, to win the war. So anyway, the U.S. government finds out that um, there's something going on in Antarctica. So they sent a fleet up to Antarctica to go and find out what's happening. The, the leader of that fleet is a guy by the name of Admiral, um, Admiral I think it's Richard Burr. Uh, um, yeah, Richard Bird, Admiral Bird. Yes, something like that. So, anyway, he leads this massive fleet. We're we're talking aircraft carrier, battleships, and upwards of four or five thousand troops go up to Antarctica to go see what's happening. Uh, what they encounter is Nazi UFOs. Um, they actually accosted um, Admiral Bird's plane 
and had done something with him for three hours. And I guess the United States government tried to debunk it, but they did say that there was uh, there was issues with his transmission for three hours during his last flight, which kind of which kind of makes sense, seeing as that he's saying that these these aliens or, or these alien crafts accosted him. So anyway, um, this operation was called Operation High Jump. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's significant is because I don't know if it was a as a result of that, but what happened at some point later was that Eisenhower reportedly, supposedly, had met with aliens and they he made a deal with the aliens for alien technology. What he said was like, we get, like lend us your technology and we'll allow you to abduct people. However, there's a catch. We can only let you abduct people in our national forests. That was the catch. So that actually kind of leads to why certain people were getting abducted in the forest, right? Like, think of, um, you guys ever saw Fire in the Sky? No. no I have not. Fire in the Sky is, um, oh, shit. It's it's slipping my mind right now. It's a 1993 sci-fi mystery. Yeah. What was the guy's yeah. name? Uh, oh, oh we Walton, got... right? Tra- Travis, well, Walton. Travis, Travis Walton. Walton. Travis Walton. Yeah. Citizen so Travis number three. Walton. Yeah, so Travis Walton and like seven of his like logger friends, they were all lumberjacks coming home from work one day and they see his glow out in the in, in the field. They go to investigate and Travis gets out of his truck, uh, walks up to this glow, which lets out some kind of energy bursts, which makes him fly back like 20 feet or something, knocks him unconscious. His friends freak the fuck out. They hop in their truck and they dig out. They leave. They leave him there. Halfway down the road, they all start feeling guilty or some of them start feeling guilty and they're like, we got to go back for him. They turn around, they drive back. He's gone. He's he's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, they report it to the police and they tell the police what they saw. Police don't believe him, right? They think they that these guys murdered him. So they mm-hmm. go into a murder investigation at that point, right? Um, they put these guys all into lie detector tests and multiple lie detector tests and they all pass. Only one guy was inconclusive, but they, they thought that the reason why his, his test was inconclusive is because I guess that guy was a criminal and he was just being nervous, being questioned by the cops. And I, I guess based on the nature of what they were getting interviewed, he was even more nervous. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but they, but they all passed, they all passed. And I guess this lie detector dude, he had like a 92 or 98% uh, um, rating based on like I guess his readings and stuff like that's how that's how much he was correct or accurate. Mm-hmm. So anyway, five or six days later, um, Travis Walton ends up appearing. Um, called calls up his brother. Everybody goes over there, grabs him, and he's he, he's a little fucked up. He's a little dehydrated and stuff like that. So they so they nurse him back to health, and then he comes out with his story and he says he was abducted by aliens. And here's the trippy thing. He says when he woke up, he woke up on like what appears to be like an examination table. And mm-hmm. um, he says what he saw was three creatures that looked exactly as you would think the greys would look, right? Um, he freaked the fuck out. He fucking whacked one of them, but he was really, really weak. He said he felt like he was dying, but he whacked mm-hmm. one of them and the thing fell over. He said it was like like hitting like a little kid. The thing fell over. He reached back. He grabbed some kind of cylindrical object. And he was like threatening to hit him with, with this. They said the creatures just stopped, backed up, left the room. And mm. shortly after that, he said like a human, like a human person came walking into the room after that. Um, I guess basically what they did was they just fixed him up because that energy blast that they did to him, like fucked him up somehow. Um, they fixed him up and they dropped him back off at Earth. 
This is a real incident. The Travis Walton incident is on Wikipedia. Yes. 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 Alleged alien abduction, part of a logging crew. Yes. Yes. Scientific skeptics considered a hoax. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) But this is what that guy sticks by. And this is like 40 years. And he told the same story for 40 years. Hmm. So anyway, we we got kind of sidetracked. But basically, that's a story that kind of connects to the the deal with Admiral Byrd and these aliens, right? And that was a U.S. U.S. Admiral then, Admiral Byrd. Uh, yes, U.S. Admiral. You know, I, w- I wanted to ask you, what is the difference between a conspiracy and then something that's found to be true? Is it no longer a conspiracy? Or these guys, they don't get credit. Like when they when everybody was calling them crazy, yeah, they don't later on apologize. Of course not. Of course not. You know, I I think the powers that be think that the that the that the civilians of the earth have amnesia or something, you know, because you can literally go back and watch some of the interviews that some politicians give and they say one thing. And then a few years later, they say the complete opposite thing. But it's surprising that people like they're willing to let it go. Like everybody just forgets about it. Yeah. I don't know. Or I mean, with social media nowadays, everybody has a voice now, right? So everybody can come out and speak a little bit more about, um, about this stuff. And I think that's why there is such a pushback now because, you know, the people actually have a platform that has a voice. Mm-hmm. So they're able to push back on some of the, yeah. Anybody can make a podcast and talk about it. Right. So yeah. anyway, back, so with, with that whole Admiral Byrd treaty with the aliens, supposedly, um, there's also an interview that somebody had did with um, that Admiral's granddaughter who confirmed mm-hmm. the story. Um, but anyway, that, that deal actually leads into something called the missing 411. Have you guys ever heard of that missing 411? There's a, a, there was a former uh, police detective. His name is Dave Politis. Um, he retired from the police department and he became an investigator and he was investigating these very mysterious disappearances in all of our national uh, forest areas. And not just one area, we're talking like all over the country. Mm-hmm. Where these people would disappear under extremely mysterious means, right? So I'll give you one example. One example was that they would have hunter, like hunters, go out into an area that they've hunted for years. They're they're extremely familiar with these woods, extremely familiar with the area. Um, and the likelihood of them getting lost is very, very, very slim. Mm-hmm. Um these guys would just end up disappearing out of thin air. Nobody knows where they went. The areas have all been searched, combed, looked, and nothing is like was ever found. Now, there are some people that would suggest that, oh, perhaps they were killed by animals. But mm-hmm. that's easily debunked because they said if, like, animals, if they attack you, what they're going to do is they're going to leave a mess. They're going to leave, you know, torn up clothing and fabric. There's going to be blood. There's going to be equipment. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. They... They said an animal attack is one of the easiest things to find. Mm. Um, they they never found any of that stuff. Also, hunters, right? Hunters, when they go into the woods to go hunt, what do they bring with them? They bring with them hunting rifles. They bring with them pistols, knives, equipment. All of that stuff is has never been recovered. You know? Mm. Like bears don't run off with rifles. So, right. what, like, what happened to it? And this is just one 
out of a plethora of freaking stories that this guy has come across. He's actually written numerous books, and there are three documentaries that were that were made. One is called Missing 411. The other one is mm-hmm. called Missing 411, The Hunted. And I think the final one was called Missing 411, The UFO Connection. No, he's got a um, whole series, a Missing 411 series. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's try watch it. It's it. I mean, I don't know if you guys are going to get fascinated by it, but I was extremely fascinated by it. Um, the UFO one was very very fascinating because they were uh, talking to these hunters and they 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 saw these damn UFOs. These one guys were, um, I guess they were camping in this one area. Um, they said they've been there before, but they haven't been there like a shitload of times. And one of the guys started screaming. Said, "Come outside! Come outside!" So they come out of their trailer. And he, they look up and they see a triangular-shaped aircraft hovering about 100 feet above them. No noise, no nothing. No change in smell, no change in atmosphere, nothing. It's just hovering above them. They said that they had animals with them, right? They had dogs and stuff like that. No reaction from the animals either. They, they just ignored it like it wasn't even there. But it was up there. It was up there. And that freaked them the fuck out. They've never returned to that spot ever again after that. And uh, they they checked with other people and they said that, hey, yeah, you know, we we saw the same thing. Hmm. Missing 411 is on Prime Video. Yes, it is. Based on the books. Yep. The, the only one is the UFO connection. I think you got to either rent it or buy it, I think. But fascinating, fascinating stuff. And I, I admit I've rented many of these documentaries already. Just to watch them and just... How much money do you think you've them. spent on renting alien documentaries? How much money? Oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not. I mean, it's it's not really. It's, it's like $3, right, for the rental, right? So It's worth it. Know. Probably not, not more than 100 bucks. that's for sure. For the person that wants to start that knows nothing, where do you think is the first one that where somebody should start? That's a good question. If somebody wanted to start research that has no idea about the topic, but they want to start looking into it. Okay, the first documentary you would recommend? Documentary that I would recommend. Honestly, I would probably begin with the USS Nimitz Encounter. Um, there's actually a Showtime series called UFO. Uh, and one of the series, I, I believe it's episode two, season one, where they go into the USS Nimitz Encounter. Uh, the reason why I would pick the USS Nimitz Encounter to start with because out of all the eyewitness testimony it's probably one of the most credible ones you know because when you listen to the navy pilot date uh david fravor there you don't doubt in your mind for one second that one this guy's not crazy two he's a fucking highly decorated navy pilot and he went on joe rogan too and um i guess he said on joe rogan you know he has every qualification that's possible to have in a plane he went to Top Gun, everything. He has everything. Um, so just based on credibility alone, I would say to look at like look into that one. Um, and that that might pique your interest to start traveling down the pathway of like, wait, this is real? If this is real, then all this other stuff could be real. Let me let me look into exactly what's going on here. And then when you hear What's going on, Brad? The fascination. Like, to me, it's the technology. That's what fascinates the fuck out of me. Gravity-propelled freaking vehicles that can, can control, manipulate gravity? That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. So you you're know? more 
are you more of an alien guy or more of a conspiracy guy or do they do they tie in together i is... think they kind of go hand in hand a little bit but would you I prioritize hand hand you prioritize bit, yeah. aliens i think you seem to prioritize aliens as as the more worthwhile research than conspiracy theories yeah because i mean alien aliens seem to be the topic um right now in the media and it's and it's and it's gaining more and more momentum as the years start passing when do you think it's going to all come out the other guy predicted 2017 what's your what's your year prediction my prediction for for full disclosure or, or do you not want to give one I no, well, I honestly have no idea. I I would like to see it in my lifetime, you know. Um, well, part of me wants to see it, part of me doesn't want to see it because if I see it, then I'll know that for one, okay, I told everybody I wasn't crazy. That's one. But two, if it does come to fruition, is are are we looking at the beginning of the new world order? You know, is that what we're witnessing right then? And uh, I don't know, man. It might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. I'm not sure, you know. So, um. Part of me wants to see it. Part of me doesn't want to see it. They're going to for sure mobilize RDF for that. <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? There there have been 911 calls locally about UFOs. That blue, that blue orb that was flying on the west side that went into the ocean. That people oh, yeah. were calling in about. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that happened, I guess, you know, so. But what, they just, nothing found? <laughs> 60, right, 60 for most, sure. most definite yeah you know what i mean probably at most a mispub was generated but who knows man who that's knows a d860. you know that's a d860 <laughs> that's a d860 <laughs> but yeah man i mean you know there there's a lot of things going on right now of, of fascination here's another little tidbit that i wanted to kind of touch on right um take take the moon the moon, for example, you guys are all familiar with the moon, right? right. Um, so I believe it was, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but did you know that, so there is a conspiracy theory about the moon that we actually never went, that oh, all yeah. of the, like all of the moon landings were staged. Did you guys hear this? We talked about this the other day. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what is your guys' opinion about that? Like, do you think NASA and the government actually faked moon landings? Steve? Just, just, just as an opinion, just as an opinion. Hard to say. I mean, there's two sides of it. Yeah, I believe one side, and then, you know, I mean, the theories make sense too. You know, so. So, are like, like you believe we went to the moon, or you believe we didn't go to the moon? I believe there's a possibility that we did, and then the possibility that we didn't. You know what I mean? Ah, what I you see. explained to me. I see. I see. I see. I see. I think it's kind of weird that in whatever year that was, you know, before the internet, they were able to go to the moon and make the videos and stuff like that. And now we're on 5G recording all kinds of stuff. We got all this technology. We're seeing aliens, but we don't have the technology to go to the moon. Yeah. So we don't have we right. don't have the money. We can't make that's it. what they say, right? right? That's what they say. There is a theory that's going around. Like so this is what I believe because I believe in the most crackpot theories. Um I believe we did go to the moon. Oh, yeah. I do believe that the videos you saw were staged videos though. And I think there's a there's a there's a reason for it because one they wanted to show you know United States superiority by being the first people to go onto the moon and blah 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 all that stuff right um, I believe they actually went and what they saw on the moon they could not come back and tell people about. So They're, they made the fake video. So they made a fake video because they went to the moon 
they needed to let everybody like like tell everybody like yeah we 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 went to the moon but when they went to the moon they saw a bunch of shit over there that they were okay we we can't let the people know this shit there was a report because there were secret transmissions that were coming from the um from the Apollo astronauts down to down to Houston and there was and there were secret transmissions that stated there are, there's crafts on the opposite end of the crater. They're parked there and they're watching us. You know, mm. I don't know what that's about. Here's here's another interesting tidbit, right? I think it was the Apollo Apollo 12 Apollo 12 mission. Um, and you can look this up. Um, that was a, that was a, Apollo 12 was uh, right before Tom Hanks went up. Is it? Is <laughs> yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah, but, he was he went up in Apollo 13. Yeah. They try Google this, it. right? Um, the moon rang like a bell. The moon try and Google that. Like a yeah. bell. I'll, yeah, I'll pull it up. And, and and tell me if I get my 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 information correct. So I believe it was Apollo 12. What happened was they deliberately crashed its ascent stage of its lunar module back down to the surface of the moon. So they were on the surface of the moon and they had installed like seismographs on the mm-hmm. uh, moon surface. So they so they dropped this. Um, part of the lunar module purposefully back down to the surface of the moon and the moon rang for and i've heard a couple of different renditions but i've heard anywhere from like one hour to four hours that this moon, yeah that this moon rang like a bell so, the so moon that is was hollow yeah so it would suggest that the moon is hollow so how is that possible how is that fucking possible how is it possible that the moon is hollow well here's an interesting theory because the moon is not really a fucking naturally created satellite it is a artificial satellite that houses inside aliens it's an alien space station that they (laughs) use as a staging point in order to come into earth you know what i'm saying because hey i mean they come over here they fly around they're like hey you know what let's go back and hang out on the moon okay go go boom right there go right back to the moon find a place to freaking just chill for a bit you know um what what is said is that they they believe that the surface of the moon is rock and whatever else materials that is that the surface of the moon is made of but underneath that surface is a layer of um some kind of steel or metal that surrounds Hmm. the surface of the moon and within it contains a a city a civilization basically which is uh, filled with aliens and apparently apparently the united states government knows this so that's the reason why we're not going back on the moon i believe from what i've heard that we, they, we were told stay the fuck off the moon <laughs> so that's why we don't go back to that thing man we don't go back there because they're like stay the fuck off the moon and they're like yes sir yes sir we'll stay off the moon you know well they never they never went back right never went back never went back you know, I think they went back a couple of times just to see what's going on. You know, probably came down and was like, dude, it's got fucking aliens on the moon. Hey, fuck you. Hey, hop on a freaking um, spaceship, travel out there, sure as fuck. On one of those missions, they probably told him like, hey, stop coming on the goddamn moon. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they fucking never came back. Because <laughs> what? Like, like, Elon Musk is working on technology to take us to to Mars, right? Yeah. Um. You're saying we don't have the technology to make it to the moon? The moon is a lot closer than Mars. Here, and they did it. They did it before. Chris, try try and Google image this right. Um, uh, eclipse, 
Uh, total eclipse from space. What does it look like? It's kind of it's kind of intriguing when you see what it looks like. I, I saw something about this. Yeah, it actually looks like a human eyeball looking at planet Earth. Yeah, you're right. Google it. Google it. Look at it for yourself, man. Yeah, it looks like a human eye. Yeah, it looks like a human eyeball staring at Earth. It looks like the pupil. It's fucking crazy. What does that mean? I don't know, man. You know, it's it's funny because the size of the moon relative to the distance the sun is uh from from earth it it's perfect where the where the moon when it moves over the sun completely covers the sun perfectly where only the i guess the illumination on the outer rim is exposed and it makes it look like an eyeball it's a trip man i don't know how is that coincidental i don't know man i don't know Another interesting fact, and I don't know if this is uh, if this is a rare thing, but the moon is in something called tidal lock. Have you guys ever heard of that? Tidal lock. Tidal lock. Tidal lock. I've, I've uh, heard so of it. Tidal lock means that so the moon doesn't orbit. It doesn't mm -hmm. spin. It spins with the Earth. It travels with the Earth and it rotates with the Earth. But so you only see one side of the moon. Yes, you only see one side of the moon. So the so the term, and I'm sure you guys have all heard it, dark side of the moon. Yeah, we refer to it as the dark side of the moon because that's the moon. That's the side of the moon that we can never see. Is that so? Maybe are the aliens inside the moon, or are they on the dark side of the moon? Both. <laughs> Both. 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 They said there's alien bases on the surface of the moon. There is an alien civilization contained within the moon. And it's a staging point. It's a staging point for aliens to travel from one, I mean, like, and to come into, like, come to planet Earth. Those magnetic technology that you're talking about, the Tic Tac? Gravity propelled. You know, gravity propelled? Does that mean that you wouldn't, have, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't run out of gas then? Well, I don't, I don't know exactly how the fuel source works. The fuel source, and here's another, uh, um, Thing with Bob Lazar, and you can fact check this too if you want to. So back in the late nine, uh, no late eighties, when Bob Lazar claimed to have worked at Area Fifty One, he said the fuel source was an element called Element One Fifteen. During during that time in like eighty eight or eighty nine, Element One Fifteen was not on our periodic table. It didn't exist on our periodic table. Um, it does now. It exists on our, and I, I believe it was only discovered in. I want to say it was 2003 2000, or early it was, 2000. It was only added to the periodic table in 2016. Oh, 16. I'm sorry. Okay, 2016. That's, um, that's much later. But it's later. under um, the name Muscovium, I believe, right? Yep, Muscovium. Yeah, yeah Muscovium. So, so some Russian scientists were uh, experimenting in a lab, and they created a synthesized version of uh, element 115, and it, it basically decayed immediately. So it only, it only existed for fractions of a second. Um, mm -hmm. So it was an unstable version that they discovered. But Bob Lazar, I guess as a scientist, he, he goes on to explain that there are two different isotopes, right? There's a stable isotope and there's an unstable isotope. Unstable isotopes decay and eat itself and they destroy. Where stable isotopes, they remain and they can be used. Um, what? And he says, when there is an unstable isotope, you have to theorize that there is a stable version. 
what he's saying is that the aliens had a stable version of element 115 what we discovered was an unstable version of element 115 so he did discover that i mean well he did say it in the 80s not that he discovered it but he did say that 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 was the fuel source that was powering these crafts another thing that he said which is interesting and i think they might have discovered this in 2003 is that I think prior to 2003, I believe scientists thought that gravity uh, was particulates, right? It was um, uh, something called gravitrons. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that term, gravitrons. gravitrons. It was basically particulates that create gravity. Um, that's what they had theorized. Back in like the late uh, 80s, when Bob Lazar was working on these projects, he, he described gravity as a wave. And I believe they discovered it in the early 2000s that gra- like gravity was a wave they actually confirmed that it was a wave um so you can always ask how the fuck did he know all of this stuff you know how did he know it was he just pulling it out of his ass and just like by luck of the draw he was correct so element 115 that the 2003 mark is is where element 115 was discovered in russia and then they added it to the table in 2016 but he was talking about that before that was that was for the Moscovium, but he was talking about that before 2003. Yeah, he was talking about it in the late 80s when he was uh, when he got booted out of the project. So the, the the reason why he got booted out of the project, according to him, is that he was working on a top secret um, top secret project. Mm-hmm. And I guess they had told him, based on the secrecy of the project itself, we have to do some surveillance on you to make sure that you're not leaking information out and this and that, which he agreed to. And part of that surveillance was them tapping his phone. Mm-hmm. So I guess what happened was um, his assignment would cause him to be away from home for two, three weeks at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would pick him up, fly him out to Area 51. He would stay on base and he would work for two, three weeks at a time. And then he would go home for like a week or two weeks. And and this was the schedule. He said that that's pretty typical um, work based on uh, high, like top secret projects. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess his wife thought that he was having an affair. Mm-hmm. So she decided to have an affair of her own. And she was talking to, um, I guess, the guy she was messing around with on the phone. And the powers that be were tapping into his phone and discovered, hey, guess what? His home life is going to be unstable pretty soon. His wife is cheating on him. Mm. So based on the instability of his uh, uh, regular life, they they stopped calling him. And they, they didn't allow him to come back to the project. But they never told him. They never told him we were going to start stop calling you. And they never told him that we were, we we're thinking about booting you off the project. But they started following him. Did they tell him about his wife, what she was doing? At a later date. But what happened was he he basically shot himself in the foot as, as a result. So because he thought that they were booting him off the project and he started to get followed, he was being mm-hmm. followed, he got paranoid. And what he did was he started bringing different groups of friends up to an area near Area 51 where they could park. Because I mm-hmm. guess he had the um, the the what what is that called the flight schedule? Mm-hmm. I guess they would take these crafts out and they would test fly them. And he had mm-hmm. the flight schedule, so he knew when they were going to be test flying these air, like alien crafts. So he bring his friends out and say, "Hey, you guys want to see something crazy?" Brings them out, shows them what's going on. They see it, they're like, "Holy shit!" And he and he does this three times. And I think in the course of those three times, I think he brings different groups of friends each time. Mm-hmm. Um, on his third and last time, he basically got caught. Mm-hmm. Um, the The military personnel saw him. 
they creeped up on him in the dark and they they took him into custody brought him back and they started questioning him um they told him you know like sarcastically you know these that this project was supposed to be a secret right mm -hmm. so and then that's when they told him why they booted him off the project they 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 told him that you know your wife is cheating on you and all that stuff and this is the reason why he didn't know this at the time he had no idea he was just mm -hmm. worried about it the only reason why he went public, meaning that he went to the media, is because they started to threaten his life. He says that they shot at him as he was getting on the freeway and they shot out his tires. And mm. he got scared. He, he he thought he was going to get killed. He thought his wife was going to get killed. He thought his friends were going to get killed. So he went public with the information. And he even says so inside of his interview. He says, the only reason why I'm coming out with this information is insurance. So... Mm. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that he discovered and talked about became true later on. So, you know, you could say that he was a conspiracy theory, I mean, theorist prior to that, talking about all this stuff that was only in theory, but later on became true. And he's getting no, he's getting, he's getting no props for that. Only from the no, people that know. He's getting no apologies from the people Absolutely that called him crazy. Not. As a matter of fact, during, during that, um, during that documentary that uh, Bob Lazar, Air 51 and Flying Saucers, at the very beginning, it opens up with his, with his, um, I guess he has a, like a, uh, like a lab where he does science shit. I don't know, makes fireworks or whatever. It got raided by the, by the FBI. But in, in the, in the documentary itself, it shows why he got raided. I guess the, the guy who created the documentary, um, Jeremy Corbell, pulls them to the side, tells them to throw their phones on the side, and they have a conversation. I believe the conversation was Bob Lazar saying he had snuck a piece of Element 115 out from Area 51, and he has it. And right after they had that conversation, they said the feds raided his lab, and they were searching for something. But they also repeated verbatim his conversation that he had with Jeremy Corbell. <laughs> Somehow, at least that's what he said. Even though they threw the phones on the side? Yep. Even though they threw the phones on the side, how 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 is that possible? Not a clue. I have no and idea. Then, and then the next day, he started getting ads for the stuff that he talked about. <laughs> but yeah, what? I mean, it's all in that documentary. That that I want to say that that was the first the first or second documentary that led me down the rabbit hole of UFOs. Okay, Bob Lazar. I'll put a link to that at the bottom that people can start their journey. We'll put it that in was a notes. good one. That was a really good one. Mm -hmm. I got in, um. In order to appreciate these documentaries, you kind of just have to throw all your skepticism aside and just allow the information to seep in. Um, hmm. and it's easier now than ever before because it's being destigmatized by the United States government itself. So, I wanted to ask you about. I wanted to ask you about one more thing. Yes, sir. Tell me about missing two point three trillion dollars and how it relates oh, to nine eleven. Two point three trillion. That was sorry, uh, Steve. That was, sorry, that Steve. That was prior to nine eleven, I believe, right? The, so Donald Rumsfeld, <laughs> just prior to nine eleven, came on the news and said there was two point three. I, I believe it was two point three trillion dollars that are that's unaccounted for. That's trillion with a fucking T. How do you lose 2.3 trillion fucking dollars? How do you not how are you not being able to account for that much money? That is a shit ton of money, right? Right. 
Well, they said nowadays it's probably upwards of like eight to ten trillion, probably. Um, these this missing funds are being um, basically siphoned into deep black projects, deep deep black. We're talking um, everything to do with UFOs and back engineering UFOs and all of that stuff. They're making human man-made UFOs. This is the project that's happening, and they're using all of this all of these funds in order to do that. Um, and they're just somehow they're siphoning this money and they're doing it successfully. And I believe it's because it is a it is a combination. It was a hybrid between government and private industry that they're able to do this. Are they're these... able to hide it under private industry. You, like you see what I'm saying? If they did it under the government itself, then the information would be able to be leaked out. But because that's not happening, because it's a hybrid, they can hide the information behind private industry. So it doesn't fall in that Freedom of Information Act. Doesn't fall into that. But if you watch that whistleblower conference, David Grush actually knows who these private industry um, individuals are, because that was one of the questions that was posed to him. He said, "I'll, I'll, I'll basically tell you later. I have a list, and I'll tell you later." What are they going to do with all these alien crafts? Is that for the uh, staged attack? That's for the yep. That's for the false flag operation, my friends. All right. September thirtieth. Hey, you know, September thirtieth. We ghost yeah. made the call. For the record. For the record. <laughs> for the record. Right? For the record. I hope I am fucking wrong. I hope I'm wrong with that. I hope I am because I don't think anything good is going to come of that. I hope I'm wrong with about that. However, that is a conspiracy theory, and when you start looking how everything is lining up, it's actually pushing towards that agenda. Not so crazy. What? How does that relate to the nine eleven stuff, though? I saw something just, about that. Just the missing money. Oh, well, another thing too, right, is um, there was an area of the Pentagon that was researching and trying to investigate what happened to this money. Ironically, that is the area of the Pentagon that got struck by the quote-unquote airplane. And that mm. whole area and all of its research and documents got destroyed, ironically. How convenient. How convenient. How convenient. Yeah? How convenient. Uh Another interesting thing about that Pentagon attack is that if you look at the holes, I mean, not holes, the hole that was in the building, there is not there. There is nothing that would indicate that a wing or the engines on the wing smashed into the building. All it looked like was a complete hole. Hmm. That's all it looked like. If, if there was a huge ass fucking I forget how much like you can try and Google how how heavy. Or how big those those uh, airplane engines were. I think they were somewhere in the neighborhood of like I don't know, six six to eight tons or something, or even more than that probably. Mm. Um, of solid steel slamming into the side of the Pentagon, and it left no mark. It left no hole, and basically the plane disintegrated upon impact, which would be the first time in the history that that's ever happened. Right. Yeah. Um. Or out outside of the one that crashed in Pennsylvania, that one same thing right just disintegrated into nothing um that would be the first time that that's ever happened in the history of plane crashes um but yeah this is what they're saying happened right airplane crashed into it other people suggest that well it kind of looks like a missile fucking crashed into the fucking side of the pentagon (laughs) leaving a hole which would make a little bit more sense how convenient yeah, how convenient. So that's how it ties. So even this 9-11 stuff kind of ties into the UFO topic. The reason why is because the UFO 
topic is literally the biggest secret that I, w- I don't even want to say the United States government. I want to say the, the governments of the world are, ho- are hoarding because I don't think it's just the United States. I don't think UFOs are only crashing in the United States or the crafts are being recovered in the United States or, or sightings are only in the United States. That's not the case, right? It's, it's, it's happening all over the world, but none of the governments of the world are saying anything about it either. So it's got to be a collaborative effort across the board for, for everybody to hold this information from its, its own citizens, mm. you know, and maybe this is the end goal. Maybe the end goal all along was new world order. We're all going to come together on the, under the same umbrella government and we're going to go control the world and they'll have all the leaders of all the governments that pull together and they're going to be in control of the world. You know, I was talking to this crazy lady last night about the new world order. <laughs> she was, she was telling me that nobody's accepting cash anymore. And I told her that's, that's because of the new world order. That's they're, they're going to change the currency. And you know what? She agreed with me. Yep. 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 I mean, you know, ironically, I don't really carry cash all that often either. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of places not taking cash. Is it for real? Yeah, more more now everybody's going cashless, right? So we can all get the same common currency. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and it's, I, it's I all got to be tied tied up somewhere. Yeah, that's that's a um, that's another conspiracy that I haven't I I haven't really delved down that pathway too much. Maybe well, because that one makes me worry too much. I don't know. Not too sure. But maybe in twenty, I'll, maybe in twenty four, you can look into that one. Two thousand twenty four, because there's a yeah, lot of we'll people see, saying we'll there's a lot of people saying that they're gonna hold everybody's money, and then if you don't if you don't play ball, they're not gonna give you your money. It's gonna be tied up, like well, in a bank. That's just a uh, another. That's just another way of for them to gain compliance by all of us, the slaves of government. <clears throat> the next the next covid vaccine yeah well I, well I don't think we they can dupe us with covid again i have this feeling that they can't like there there's there there's too many people there there's too many people that have gathered too much information and i think they were able to pull apart some of the bs that the government was people were mad people oh yeah were mad about covid oh yeah you know, I mean, look what happened to Joe Rogan, right? So yeah. Joe Rogan goes on, he gets COVID, and he's never had the shot, and he tells him that he's taking all this stuff. Um, and one of them was that horse dewormer. What is it called? I don't know. They, like they ivermectin. Said it was yeah, ivermectin. ivermectin. So they were saying it was a horse dewormer, but it's bullshit. Ivermectin is can, is prescribed to people. He, he, he said he got it from a doctor. He goes, this is yeah. people medicine. Not, yeah, but it's this cheap. This is not veterinarian medicine. It's cheap. You can't make money off of it. Yeah. But they, but you know, what's kind of funny is he, he actually brought up the point of, you know, they, they were coming down on me for taking what they call, um, horse medicine, but they Mm -hmm. weren't ever talking about the fact that he got well so quick, you know? Mm -hmm. And after that, they went on a campaign to try and destroy his character, trying to say Joe Rogan was racist. You remember that? Yep. And they were and they put together a video of him dropping the N-word. Right? Oh, and all, shit. all it was was just clips of N-word, N-word with no context to it, right? Just N-word, 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 N-word. And they put this together in order to destroy his character. But because everybody 
listens to Joe Rogan and they they can kind of connect to him and they understand what kind of person he is, nobody bought it. Nobody bought it. So yeah. if you notice, after that, after their, their mission failed, they left him the fuck alone. They don't fuck with him now. They don't fuck with him because they know it, like he's unfuckwittable. Ungovernable. Which is amazing. Yeah. I think I went off on Steve the other day because he called me and he asked me some information about UFOs and aliens. Why did and you I do that? I went on a 20-minute tirade. Why did you do that, Steve? True story. True story. True story. And he well, ended the conversation story. by saying, okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. So I was like, okay. That's, that's saying Steve thinks I'm losing my mind. Well, why Probably would you do that, does. Steve? Just, why? He wouldn't let me. The bathroom, man. My bad, bro. My bad. Hey, you, but, you, you know what? You my asked. boy. You asked. That's my boy. I love. <laughs> I love you guys good. too, man. But you, but you knew you that was going to happen. Asked. You knew that was going to happen when you asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive, brother. I, I told Steve to ask you something, and then he did. And then he texted me back. Oh, oh yeah, you got you, me. You, you set me up. You set me up. <laughs> oh, what? What? Why? What was it? What was it? What, what was the question? Fuck. Uh, it was a text. He told. He told me to text you about something. Something about aliens or oh, dude, that, flat Earth. Oh, yeah, flat Earth. Something like that. that it was a yeah, flat that Earth. sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Flat Earth. Engine. Well, the flat Earth what subject is another head. subject. Like I, I don't. I don't know. It's. I haven't really gone down to research too much about flat Earth. I don't believe the earth is flat. I don't. Um, and I think some of the flat earthers, I think their theories are not saying that the earth is flat. I think what they're saying is that they don't know what we're on. So their theory is that um, the world as we know it is surrounded by this Arctic ice shelf. Uh, I forget, like, like they have a name for it. And if you start traveling too far in, you actually get turned away by the military. Um, I don't the think space it's because... force. The space force will turn oh. you around. Well, I don't know if it's because of because the Earth is flat. Like, well, I don't think it's because of that. I think it's because there's alien shit happening in fucking Antarctica and on on the poles and in like in the ice, and they don't want people to see what the fuck is going on over there. So they tell them get the fuck out of here. You know what? So what happens if you go on Google Earth and you click on Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Why don't you, hey, Steve, why don't you Steve, tell us, check out, bro? Check this out, man. So I saw this video, right? I saw this video. Do you have Google Earth? Yes. Okay. Have, have you played with it? Can't say that I have. Okay. After this podcast, go on your phone, pull up Google Earth. So go to Antarctica. Okay. Somewhere in the okay. middle of Antarctica. So the way that Google Earth works, right? So if you if you go to, say, any street in Honolulu, right? And you press the person icon and then you hit the street. It'll it'll zoom down to the street level and, and it'll show you what it looks like around there from the street level, right? Um, right. When you go to Antarctica, you you can't do that anywhere because there's nothing. There There's no roads. There's no, like, nothing, right? So you can't do that anywhere in Antarctica. But if you zoom in somewhere in the center of Antarctica, there's an, there's an off-white uh, Pac-Man circle. So it's a circular... <laughs> Um, like it's circle, but it looks like Pac-Man. Like, like you know how Pac-Man like looks, right? So it looks right. like Pac-Man, and you can actually click on it. So press the person icon, and then click on that Pac-Man uh, shape, and it's gonna zoom in, and it's gonna take you to this office building, where there is this company that's printed <laughs> on the wall. I f I forget the name of the company, but I actually saw a video of somebody doing it. So I was like, wait a minute, let me see if this fucking works. Bro, sure as shit, man. I fucking go on to Antarctica. 
press that fucking Pac-Man button, and dude, it zooms you right to that building. So I'm like, what the hell is this? I, I don't know what the significance is. I have no idea what the significance is. All I know is that it works. So you can try it out for yourself, man. It's interesting. All it's right. Interesting. I will. Interesting. I will. You know what? It is the south, the southmost part, Antarctica. Oh, okay. What's on What's on the north? North Pole. North Pole. Santa. Santa Claus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is Santa Claus real, Gosh? <laughs> Santa Claus real? Is there a conspiracy for Santa Claus? Santa anymore. My kids uh, don't believe in Santa. They say it's me and my wife. They point what to us. Age, what age did they did they decide that? I have no idea. I just recently found out. And my oldest boy is 15 and my youngest one is 12. Uh, so I don't know at what age they stopped believing, but they stopped believing already. You know, I told I told my <laughs> wife, uh, this is like one of the last years that they're going to believe. It's like the last Why, one How old? How old? About 12. 12 and 8 so the older one's gonna find out she's gonna she's gonna rat it out she's gonna, she's gonna rat us <laughs> out. Yep, steve you still got a little one you still got a little one right i got still got two little ones yeah so you get a couple more couple Jesus more Santa Claus Christ, Christmas. you gotta stop you gotta put a stop to yourself man yeah tell me about it well, you got a, you got a handful of santa claus and trick-or-treating your ghost you're probably not gonna go trick-or-treating this year no uh my my kids are past that already uh, and I'm probably going to be working in Waikiki that night anyway, so that's going to suck. Last was last year's Halloween. Was that the bad one? Um, that was the one where I had groups of guys going around assaulting people. Yeah, yeah. That one. That was. Yeah, that was. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one where that girl got baseball batted in the head and um, like two had two stabbings. I think. I, I I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, there were two stabbings. There was big groups of guys going around just. Their their whole purpose of the night was just to cause chaos, and that's what they did. So we had to we had to basically strategically chase them out of Waikiki, which eventually we did. Mm. And some guys got arrested. Um, but shortly after that, I I I I think what happened in Waikiki was a retaliation, yeah. because at some point um, there was a bunch of guys that were drinking in Waikiki. Uh, I don't know if they were part of that group or not, but there was another group that rolled up to them and started attacking them. And I mm-hmm. believe one guy ended up stabbing somebody to death. Yeah, but I we think ended on up... the, yeah, on the far Yeah, end. that was that was shortly after that last Halloween. Oh, the and retaliation the... for the Halloween. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what that's what we thought. We thought it might have it could have been a retaliation for Halloween. It may or may not have been. I'm not too sure, but. Um, you know, the vast majority of people, they're going out about their business. Yeah. And uh, they don't realize, like, this shit is going on and there's people working on it to make sure that they don't get baseball batted. And even yeah. even last night, right? Uh, we talked about this before the show. These people at the concert, they have no idea oh, dude, what hey, is Steve, going on. Oh, dude. you hear about that one, dude? Yeah, yeah. I heard you guys. We, we talked about it. Yeah, it was, um, was actually D6. D6, guys, yeah. they ended up apprehending this uh, suicidal... A uh, marine dude who had snuck a freaking full auto machine gun off a base, cla- uh, claiming to want to off himself. Um, yeah, but he ended up he ended up somebody has had plans to go to the concert, maybe shoot it up, and then take himself out. And um, he almost made dude, it. Dude, that's crazy, bro. Montserrat is pretty close. Yep, that's yep. like on the same street. And he had, and you know, nobody had like nobody in that concert had any idea. Yep, and he had. Yeah, he had optics on that thing. He had an IR laser on that thing too, right? You know, the concert yeah, at suppressor. nighttime. Massive suppressor. Yeah, and he and it was suppressed. 
and it was suppressed. And that fucker's wearing camouflage, which was yeah. a surprise. It was a surprise which, to me. And it was crazy because, you know, we were talking about it earlier and we were saying, saying like, if, if this guy had taken up a, a firing position somewhere and started just laying rounds, fuck, we wouldn't have been able to, like, you know, like, because of the noise of the crowd, it, it would be very, very hard to pinpoint where the shots were coming from. Would have, would have been a mess. Oh, would've yeah, it would have been a mess, man. It would have been a mess. But due to the diligence of the officers involved, they actually got him in time before he did anything. Yeah, and they know they won't, and they won't get credit for it. And most most of the people at that nope. concert have no idea that this shit was going on at the same street. Oh, yeah, one one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it is is what it is. But yeah, if he took a position, he would have he would have got many yeah. shots off. Yeah, you know? we would have had like a mini a mini Las Vegas incident happen at the Waikiki show if oh, it yeah, did but... happen. But nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it. Yeah. Well, if they listen, then they'll they'll figure it out. But yeah, these, these are the good stories that, that nobody knows except for us. You know, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a paid channel where we tell the the stories that people aren't aren't <laughs> gonna hear about. Hey, okay, cool, Ghost, look at it. Look at this way, Ghost. Yo. You guys almost didn't even know either. What is that? <laughs> what is that? You guys almost didn't know either. <laughs> well, you can say that again. But we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at yeah, that. We'll, I'll leave it at we'll that. Leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. You know, based on the good work of the guys in my unit, man, they, they, um, don't, man, those guys are amazing. But they're, they're amazing workers. They're good workers. And they, they search the whole island for, for stuff. They just, they just want to do work, you know? And they don't care if it's in District 1 or in District 8. They don't care. They just want to go for it, you know? Yeah. So, they do their part and they 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 check the whole dish. I mean, the whole island for work when they're when they're on the clock. Actually, even off the clock, I get calls yeah. on like Sunday sometimes saying, "Hey, we got barricade D two. Like, holy crap! Like barricade D two. First of all, that's not our district. Second of all, it's a barricade suspect. SSD's coming out for that. If we get there, all we're gonna be is like perimeter guys. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, a lot of that good work. Like that's that was gonna be a major major mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So. It's good to hear that there's still guys doing some actual police work out there. You know, it's yeah. good to hear that. And you know what's good is that the, these guys don't get all the like a lot of credit. They, they don't, don't get, get credit any, at all. Hardly any credit. Yeah, they don't get any credit. The only credit they get is from us when we tell them how good a job they do and we praise them. That's about it. And I I I'm, I make it a point to do it because these guys, you know, they they place themselves in harm's risk and they 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 throw them i mean they literally put themselves in some of the worst positions in order to do work and they do it you know and that's that goes for pretty much almost every every cop out there at some point you know yeah. throws them yeah puts themselves in some fuck like some really fucked up situations you know but they do so because they do it so it's not well it's not for the credit that's for sure it's not for the credit because there is none. <laughs> there yeah. is no credit. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody's okay with that. Uh, it's like, you know, you just take the beating from the public. It's We have this joke with Mochi about uh, you get, you're like the beaten dog, yeah? You beat the dog, he, he runs away, high, he stays low for a little while, and he comes back, and he and he comes up to you, and he's like, am I a good boy? <laughs> just ready for exactly. it again. Exactly. Good analogy. Hey, sounds like our, sounds like our jiu-jitsu journey. You just, yeah, my good boy. Oh yeah, and then beating up, coming back. Hey, so on the back. on the closing note, um, what either one of you guys, which which one you think people should get into? Does it separate by age? 
if somebody's interested in jujitsu, they're interested in martial arts, do you need to have like a boxing background in transition or should you go for a jujitsu background in transition or should you do like you did go, should go to an MMA place where you get, you know, just annihilated? What was a good way to start? I'll let you lead with that, Steve. Go ahead. Um, For me, I think you have to have some sort of base to start. And that base, for me personally, I would say, I, I would say wrestling, you know, for me, that was always uh a good way to start you look at all the ufc champions most of them all started wrestling you know mm. you get good at wrestling you go into a jiu-jitsu room you, you you can dominate white belts and blue belts with just your wrestling alone so i think to me that's the more effective base you know starting off without a gi more practical to me i think that my my opinion so start start with wrestling and wrestling you're not going to get yeah. a traumatic brain injury Oh, yeah. And there's nothing like wrestling. Like anybody that wrestled will tell you mental toughness, anything. Wrestlers are a different breed. So to me, that's the best place to start, my opinion. And uh, and for you, go. You know, I, I kind of agree with Steve. I think wrestling is a good base. If um, if you're a young person coming up and you want to get into any kind of combative sport, um Wrestling is a very, very, very good base. I have my oldest boy right now doing wrestling, and I see the training that he's going through. And what's more impressive is I see the transformation of his body. You know, mm. he he went from a scrawny kid to this ripped, muscular kid, um, and he loves wrestling. You know, he loves wrestling. I, I actually got him started in jujitsu first, and um, he loves jujitsu, and he's stuck with it for about. I mean, they've been doing it both my kids for about seven years now. But he's doing wrestling. He loves wrestling. Um, I, I do agree with Steve that it is a very, very good base because it trains you to stay on top and to dominate from that top position. Whereas jujitsu, they 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 have the option of fighting from the bottom, which, which is a good thing in a self-defense um, situation. Uh, but in a street fight, I mean, I don't think anybody would want to be on the bottom. Like, we'd all want to try to be... Yeah like on the top and yeah. wrestling trains you very, very, very diligently to maintain, get and maintain that top position. So it's um, top, top position is better for, for a fight. Is that pulling guard is not a good idea in a street fight, Steve? Most definitely not. You, you try, you try to pull guard, you can get stomped out, elbowed, whatever, you know, especially if you're not used to getting punched in the face. I mean, the last thing you'd want to do is pull guard. Okay, so yeah, and I agree her. with that. I, okay. I agree with that. Last thing you want to do is pull guard. The benefit of jujitsu is it, it, by chance, if you happen to get there, then at least you have skill in order to work your way out of that right, um, the movement. So that's the benefit. The, the drawback to wrestling is that it doesn't offer any kind of submission based um, skills, which, right. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, Wrestling itself is, is, is tremendous. It's an awesome combative sport, but I mean, there is no submission skills inside there. And, and that's where I think uh, jujitsu is a very, very good addition to complement your wrestling in your, in your grappling right. fight. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta look at it too. Like you cannot get the fight to the ground without some form of grappling wrestling. The fight will never get to the ground. You'll never be able to use your jujitsu if you cannot take somebody down very good so i look at that aspect too let me just add to that 
unless you're wearing a gi and you pull guard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right. You know, but like like no. I said, I do think jujitsu is beneficial in that sense where you know there there might be a scenario where you do end up on the ground and you you do end up on your back. Um, as a wrestler, I I think that's a very foreign position to them. You know, um, understanding how to defend yourself from the back as a pure wrestler uh, is probably it's non-existent, you know, and I think right. wrestlers will just try to keep fighting towards that top position. Um, and jujitsu, yeah. you have when we're talking about that, yeah, uh, we're talking about that that base, though, you know, and oh, a lot yeah, of yeah, times yeah. in a street in a street fight, the main thing is to actually control the guy. You know, you're not looking to most people are not looking to choke somebody out. They're trying to either control the guy to where they can punch him in the face, or just control the guy to stop the. Very, stop very, the very fight, true. You know? Yeah, very, very true. Very true. I mean, you need, like I said, you need every, you need, eventually, you need to learn jujitsu. That's guaranteed. That you need to learn how to strike some, you need some form of striking too. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of the base, I would say, yeah, wrestling would, for me, would be the best base to start somebody at. What about uh, recreationally? You think that, I think jujitsu falls as best for recreational. As you get older, you can continue it. Um, wrestling's kind of hard on your body, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. That, I'm a prime example of that. That's why I I do jujitsu. I'm a jujitsu guy, right? So I, I I cannot punch, kick, strike like I before. So jujitsu is the one thing where I can, you know, still train. And as we get older, you know, we can still do that. So and you can still have you can yeah, still that, have jujitsu fights. Uh, <laughs> we, that F word, I don't know. You know how I feel about that F word in jujitsu. You know, punch in the face, which, not a real fight. <laughs> which, which practice fucks up your ears the most? It's the it's the punching in the ears, isn't it? For me, it was getting elbowed and punched and kicked in the fucking ear. You know, not so much the wrestling part for me. It was actually getting struck in the ear, shin shin to ear, elbow to ear. That that stuff really kind of messes it up. Go sh- oh, what? What the fuck happened to your ears? Oh, to mine? Oh, uh, that was straight jujitsu. That was just jujitsu. That was so. My cauliflower ear actually didn't come as a consequence of years of training. I do have years of training, but it literally came from one incident alone. Basically, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was on the bottom, and I was turned to my side. The guy was behind me. And he was trying to get his arm underneath my head, but I was blocking with my hands. So he resorted to a sawing motion <laughs> on my head. And it was basically rubbing my ear back and forth, back and forth, trying to push my hand. But he was doing it very violently. Um, I didn't notice it at the time, right? But uh, because I'm trying to defend myself, I got the adrenaline going. Um, so I didn't notice it at the time. But when I went home and I looked in the mirror, my ear had blown up like a balloon. <laughs> could could you have just worn headgear instead? Would that have been okay, Steve, if he wears headgear for gi jujitsu? <laughs> or that's not okay. Uh, if you're gonna wear if you're gonna wear a purse with that, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh. My opinion. What what about you? What about you, Nutter? What is your your cauliflower story? Shit, my think mine was a one day thing too. Cause like I, I try not to pull my head out of um, subs and stuff like that. Cause I try to te- mm-hmm. technique my way out of it. But I don't know what happened. Uh, 
just one time, one day, I think hurts. So let me let me ask both of you guys this. So like, you know, majority of us that have cauliflower ear, right, we look at it as a badge of honor and, you know, that kind of stuff, right? How do you feel about guys now, black belts, supposedly training whatever for however many years, no cauliflower ear? Do you think that's a sign of, you know, I th- uh, what is the word? You think they're legit or no? Because you know a lot of us. I have a, all the old school guys. I have a thought. Everybody on that. has. Cauliflower. I have a thought on that. I think that's very, very possible. If they're uh, super disciplined and they don't like try and yank their head out of triangles and stuff like mm-hmm. that, uh, I think that's very possible. Yeah, you know, I I, so. I know I know s- several black belts that don't have any cauliflower on their ears, and their skill level is legit. Um, mm-hmm. my professor, as a matter of fact, uh, at H and L, I don't believe he has any cauliflower on his ear, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, rolling with him is just nightmarish. You know, I can't do anything to him. It's almost worse. That's almost worse when you see, when you see that there's no cauliflower ears and you think like, yeah, oh shit, so this, that's what I'm seeing. this guy, Nowadays. this guy is not going to do weird shit. He's going to actually outskill because <laughs> he doesn't have to. Like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like yeah, nowadays, nowadays we see guys with, you know, back in the day, everybody had cauliflower. Everybody had mango ears. Right. Nowadays, we're seeing more and more black belts without cauliflower ears. So you think we're doing it wrong or we were doing it wrong before or what? what, what is yeah. what is different? About I that? think the instructional is, is getting Good better at the instructional level. They're using more techniques and they're not yanking their head out of out of submissions. Maybe not right. saying, I'm right, not right, saying right, you right. did that, but, you know. <laughs> oh, I did. I, I, I did that. Some people are like, "I'm, I'm not tapping to this. I'm gonna yank my head out of here." Yeah, we all had that face. <laughs> oh, I did. I've done that. I've done that. That's for sure. I told one of the guys that uh, when, whenever one of the guys gets injured, yeah, I was telling him the, you know, the, you know, the last thought that goes through your head before you get injured is, "I'm not tapping to this." <laughs> Very true. Very it's true. true. Very true. That's true. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for being on here. I hope everybody learned a lot about aliens and <laughs> and the government. And I also, I also hope that we don't all have mysterious deaths next week. Oh, for talking yeah, about dude. aliens. Yeah, bro. I was thinking oh. about that. I actually considered that uh, a couple <laughs> of days ago, where I was like, maybe we should. Uh... Maybe maybe you told one too many people, and now what? you're. Now you're gonna have a suicide. We're, we're, we're gonna start getting mysterious calls from unknown numbers, and we want to see cars in certain places. <laughs> oh my god! All because all because of ghosts. Oh, yeah, hey, a disclaimer, ghosts. everybody! Disclaimer: I was just joking. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll put a. I'll put some of the links. I'll put a, some of the links for the stuff that we talked about. People can click on them and start their own journey down the rabbit hole. Awesome. Um, also, I'll put a link to the show page, and you can now find the podcast on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Uh, thanks again for being here, and I'll have you guys back again, and we'll talk about some more of this stuff. You're going to have to add some more research to your to your uh, credentials there. <laughs> it was a pleasure. It was, yeah, a pleasure. it was a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate all right. it, man, and I'll be prepped again for the next one. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you guys yeah. next week. All right, Thanks, Mike. All right, bros. Take care, man. <laughs>